Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now here's this week's sermon. Welcome to church. Come on, tell your neighbor, welcome. Tell your other neighbor, you look great today. I don't know if anyone told you that, but you look great today. Come on, you guys ready to hear the word? Are you ready to hear the word? Come on, let me tell you something about this word. This word are, are for those who are wanting their, their status quo to be different. They're wanting some type of change in their marriage or in their kids or in their heart. So today, I, I'm praying that we will be loud. Amen, church? That we're going to say amen, and that's good, because we're believing the word is for you today. Amen? And, and in the season that we're in with all the love in the air, Everyone being a little romantic, getting flowers, getting some chocolate. Pray that you aren't allergic to chocolate right now. Chocolate's just everywhere. Chocolate's just everywhere. But um, right today, we're going to talk about your relationship with God. And sometimes when you have a relationship with God, he's going to lead you to being in a season of waiting. A season of waiting. And so for our discussion today, we're going to discuss what does that look like? What should my position be? What should my attitude be? What should my mindset be when I'm waiting for something that hasn't been answered yet? I believe in God, and I believe that the scriptures may be applicable to others, but maybe it's not applicable to me because God hasn't answered my waiting season. God hasn't answered my prayers. And so the title for today's uh, message is Waiting Brings God's Timing. Waiting Brings God's Timing. I want to start off today's message with a story about Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot, and I believe we have some pictures uh, to show you, her and her husband. Look at that beautiful couple. Now, this couple may look random to you, but I want to describe their story to you. They have an amazing story. These were missionaries in the middle of the 1900s. And one day, Elizabeth, her husband, goes off and leads a missions trip with with his friends I think we have a picture of that as well. They're like in a yellow plane. That's, that's them on their missions trip. And as they're in Ecuador and they're going into the jungle and spreading the gospel, one of the tribes they, they try to uh, evangelize to ends up killing all these men. And Elizabeth spends a couple years, you know, going through this trauma of, of losing her husband and, and losing the rest of the, the missionary party. And years later, she ends up leading missionaries trip to that same region. Matter of fact, she leads a missionary trip for two years to the very same tribe that killed her husband. And it was a successful missions trip. They ended up having a revival in that tribe. And the very people that killed her husband accepted Jesus into their heart. And not only that, but they said, I have to build his kingdom. And now those people are also pastors in that region. And this is what she has to say about waiting on God. She says, waiting on God requires the willingness to bear uncertainty, to carry within oneself the unanswered question, and lifting the heart to God about it whenever it intrudes upon one's thoughts. I love how she says that you have to be willing to bear the uncertainty. Now, sometimes it's okay that you don't know. Sometimes it's okay that you don't understand the journey, maybe at the moment. You don't understand the season right now, and that's okay. But know this, you have to challenge yourself to lift your heart to God, 
and say, Lord, realign my heart, realign my thoughts. I don't want to just be stuck in the same place mentally and emotionally. I know my season is coming, and when it does, Lord, I will rejoice. But right now, God, I want to lift my heart to you. Amen? We're going to look in this story in John chapter 11. In John chapter 11. The story of Lazarus and Jesus. But before we get there, I want to ask you, have you ever waited for something? Have you ever waited for something? And there's two different types of people in this room. There's still waiting. All right. Still waiting for the Jets to win the playoff game. That's all right. I'm so sorry I did that. I'm so sorry. I know you're going to get me later. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, man. I'm sorry. There's two types of people in this room, New England fans and Jets fans. Just playing, just playing. There's people that love waiting, and there's people that don't like waiting. And for me, I'm one of those people that doesn't like waiting. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't want any extra time on my maps. I need to get there four minutes earlier than the ETA that it described. Some people may okay with taking a left turn and right turn, making it like 10 minutes longer, and that's fine. That's, that's my wife when she drives. She'll take the wrong turn. And then all of a sudden, we, we're, we're on here for 10 more minutes. And what really grinds my gears is, is when you see a great trailer for a movie or an awesome movie poster, and then you read the fine print right at the end. It says, expect this movie in like seven years. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Are you serious? I have to wait seven years for this movie. I'm about to boycott this movie because I do not want to wait this long. You know, at the end of last year, my wife and I, we went to Chick-fil-A. How many of you, how many of you love Chick-fil-A in this room? Come on, if you're still rocking with KFC, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. But we were in, waiting for our food. We ordered our food. It's taking 10 minutes, then 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and so on. And we're watching when it's going to close, and it's getting to the closing time. And I literally drifted into the drive-thru and I said, excuse me, are you guys still open? My, my name is David De Silva. I'm telling them all my, all my stuff. <laughs> and, and this is my order number. This is my phone number. This is my email. I've been waiting for so long. I'm still waiting for my food. Uh, what's, what's the ETA on that? They said, oh man, we shut down all the machines. I'm so sorry. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna have to start them up again and then you can get your food, so you're going to have to wait another 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I want my money back at this point. But let, let me let you know, that was the best Chick-fil-A I've ever had in my life. The fries were fresh. The nuggets were fresh. Even the sauce, for some reason, was fresh. It was so good. So good. And even though I was so mad, it was like just one bite, and I said, God, thank you so much for these people. Thank you. Thank you so much. I wonder today how many of us are feeling stuck in waiting. That's the worst feeling that you can get, feeling stuck in the midst of waiting. I wonder how many of you today came to church and you're still waiting for a move of God in your family. Maybe you're still waiting for your, your marriage to be healed and made whole. Maybe you're waiting today that God will finally gift your family a child. Maybe your children have backslidden and you're praying God, when are they going to come back to church? When are they going to come back to you? Everyone here today is waiting for something, is waiting for something or someone. And maybe you're just like my wife and I at Chick-fil-A. Hello, God. 
hello, I'm still here. Is heaven closed today? My, my name is David De Silva. I'm still waiting for you to answer my prayers. Did you forget about me? I see everyone else is getting theirs. I see everyone else's prayers are getting answered. But, but what about mine, Lord? What about mine? In this story where Jesus shows up late on purpose for Lazarus and his sisters, I wonder how Mary and Martha were feeling. Jesus, we, we sent you this message saying our brother was sick. You didn't even show up on time. He's been dead for a couple of days now. Maybe you can relate to that. It feels like Jesus has been late for, I mean, I've been waiting for someone, you know, been waiting for a spouse. And Jesus, you've been late for a couple of years now. Everyone's waiting. Everyone's waiting. You know, there's four key characters in the story. There's Mary and Martha, and there's Jesus and Lazarus. And I, I believe that everyone here, there's someone here that represents each one of them. Obviously, we know that Jesus is in the midst. Jesus is here right now. His spirit is here. Amen, church? And then there's also the Lazarus that come into church. Maybe you're new and you don't realize that you're dead in your transgressions. That maybe you don't realize that, that you need breakthrough in your sin and you need to be awakened again. Maybe you're the Lazarus that needs to get called out from the tomb. Or maybe you're like Mary and Martha, waiting for that somebody. You've been praying for your husband. You, you've been praying for your womb to open. I mean, you've been praying for your family to get saved. You've been praying for your kids to come back to church. And you've just been waiting and waiting. Let's jump into the story starting in verse chapter 3. Verse chapter 3. I'm sorry, John 11, verse 3. It says, so the sister sent word to him saying, Lord, he, our brother and your friend whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness, come on, say amen to this. This sickness will not end in death. But on the contrary, it is for the glory and the honor of God so that the son of God may be glorified by it. Now, Jesus loved and was concerned about Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And consider them dear friends. And so even when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed in the same place two more days. We jump to verse 11. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I am going there to wake him. I am going there to wake him. I want you to write down this first point. Your waiting has a purpose. Your waiting has a purpose. Your waiting has a purpose. You know, to us, waiting can a lot of times feel like wasting. You know? Man, it's been 40 minutes by now, Jenny. Let's just leave this Chick-fil-A parking lot. I'm wasting my time here. Maybe McDonald's could have gave me something. For us, waiting is wasting. But, you know, to God, it's the complete opposite. Waiting is working. Waiting is working on your heart. Waiting is working on your mindset. Waiting is working on changing your perspective on life. Maybe it's changing your, your prayer life. Maybe it's changing your outlook on Jesus. But to God, waiting, there's always something to be worked in. Always something to be worked in. And I love how Jesus, you know, I don't know if you hate spoilers like me. I don't, I don't like spoilers. If I'm about to watch something, don't spoil it for me. But Jesus, in the beginning of the story, he almost ruins the ending. He almost spoils it. But Jesus did this because he wanted to take root and take authority in the situation. 
and speak life into it. And so I hope that in your season of waiting, you're not just staying silent. You're not just okay with the status quo. You're not just okay with any thought, any feeling that's coming in. But you are saying to yourself, no, this sickness will not end in death. This will not overtake my marriage. This will not overtake my business. This depression will overtake my mindset. You have to learn how to speak with authority and with life in your season of waiting. You know, one of my best friends, he moved, him and his wife moved to Miami not too long ago. And they joined an amazing church down there in Miami. And their pastors have an amazing story. Their pastors for 10 years was waiting for their first child to be born. They went to all the special doctors, all the specialists, and, and, and nothing was happening. Nothing was going their way. You know, one of their leaders one day came up and, and prophesied over the wife. And he said, listen, one day, in like a year's time or so, you're going to be preaching with a Bible in one hand and a baby in the other. A Bible in one hand and a baby in the other. Once you know, some time passed and she got on stage in front of the congregation preaching and she had her son in one hand and a Bible in the other. I love this story because it shows the, how real the promises of God are. That his, his prophetic words over you aren't fleeting. They're not words filled with void. But there are actual things that will come to pass in your life. And I wonder how many prophetic words have you forgotten about? How many prophetic words did you just toss to the side and say, that's not for me? One of my leaders would say, you know, it's okay, Davey, if someone else is getting a prophetic word. And you say, Lord, I want that. I want my boss to tell me like, the, you know, Dan's boss told him that you need a raise. Why not accept that for yourself if you know you've been waiting for some changes in your finances? I love that Jesus is concerned, genuinely concerned, because he loves. He loves you and he thinks about you. Love at the end of the verse how it says, hey, Lazarus has fallen asleep. Let's go because I got to wake him up. No, Jesus is on the way for your Lazarus. Jesus is here right now to be ready to awaken and release what you've been praying for. I don't know how long you've been waiting for it. You know, for Jesus, who was two days late. You know, but for you, maybe you're thinking he's two months or two years or two decades late for you. Let's not think that mindset anymore. Let's think something new that today could be the day that the breakthrough you've been looking for. Amen, church? Come on. The Holy Spirit responds to desperation. Don't just sit there. Don't just be quiet because this word is for you. Now, while Jesus is on his way, let's be honest, sometimes we tend to take measures into our own hands. Say, Jesus, man, your timeline is not working for me. I need a spouse now. I need a job now. I need a kid now. I need my kids to come back to church now. I need my business to make me a million dollars now. But when you start to do that, understand that other things will take root. So you speaking that was actually your pride rising up, not trusting the timing of the Lord. And because of that, other things start to take root emotionally and mentally. Things like anxiety, things like anger, things like bitterness, things like unforgiveness that will start to affect your soul. And maybe even depression starts to, to come in. And all of a sudden, you don't even know what you're doing. All the clarity is gone. All the understanding is gone. 
All the knowledge is gone. Have you ever been there? I know I have. I don't know how many weddings I went to. <laughs> I don't know how many times I was the best man before God gave me my own wedding. And in the middle of it, there were some times I got bitter. And I'm standing there next to my friend getting married, and I'm heated. Because I'm like, yo, you're the 17th friend that I've seen get married. God, when are you going to do this for me? You don't have to stay there in the middle of your waiting. Why? Because your waiting does have purpose. And just like that pastor down in Miami, how many people in her congregation got touched? How many wombs were opened after she shared that testimony? You need to understand, you need to understand that you are in the middle of your testimony. You are just in the middle of it. And your testimony isn't for you. It's for the people around you. I can't wait till we hear some of these answered prayers. Because on top of that, there's going to be, hey, now my mom is saved. Hey, now my dad is saved. Now my siblings believe because they saw God work in me. Amen? Amen. Here's our second point. I want you to write this down. Don't allow your feelings to lead. In the middle of your season of waiting, it's very dangerous that you let your feelings and your emotions lead you in this time. And on the other side, if you've been a Christian for so long, it's very dangerous for you to allow that spirit of religion in, in the middle of your time waiting. You think you know all the answers? You got all the Christianese down to make a facade, to put on a happy face when you come into church, to skip the altar. You have all the things, I'm good, brethren, good sister in Christ. All good here, but hey, haven't you been waiting? Hey, how's that going? How's your business going? How's your family going? How's your, how's your husband doing? How's your kids doing? Remember that thing you told me last month? How's that going? Hey, brother, it's all good in Christ, in Jesus' name. You got all the right things to say. Be careful that you don't allow the spirit of religion to lead you in this moment. Now we start to believe these lies. This is why you shouldn't do this. Because you start to believe these lies and these doubts. Maybe Jesus forgot about me. Maybe his scripture is for other people and not me. I remember thinking that in the middle of my single season. <laughs> Maybe he's going to give everyone else a wife but not me. You need to understand that his word is applicable to you. I don't know how long you've been waiting, but his word is still applicable to you. In Jesus' name. And Jesus is late according to my timeline. He must not care. He must not remember my prayers. You know, one of my leaders told me this. He said, Davey, you have to, he told me this in the middle of waiting. Davey, you have to learn how to disconnect from your feelings, from that spirit of religion. Because if you don't disconnect, you'll never see the vision of your miracle being made real. So you need to learn how to disconnect from that. So you can finally put your eye on the prize, which is Jesus, and see that he's on the way to making your miracle made real. It's, he's not just on the way for other people. I thought that for I don't know how many years, that Jesus is just on the way for other people. He's just on the way for the new people coming in, the people that are unsaved. But no, for the ones that have been here for years too, he's on the way for you and yours. He's on the way for your family. You've, you've had your business for so long and it hasn't been working out. Guess what? Jesus is on the way for you. He's on the way. 
Let's go back into the story, starting in verse 17, then we're going to jump to verse 20. I want you to pay attention because this is when Jesus arrives on the scene. Thank God he's finally arrived, right? And I want you to pay attention to the responses of the sisters. Some of them respond with their feelings leading them. Other times they have glimpses of their faith leading them in their response. And other times you could tell it's that, oh, I know it all, spirit of religion that's coming in. So pay attention to how they react to Jesus finally being on the scene. It says, starting in verse 17, so when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had, been, had already been in the tomb for four days. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. And while Mary remained sitting in the house. I hope that you don't remain sitting in your seat when Jesus is at the altar. When the Holy Spirit is here. And you know the breakthrough you've been, you've been seeking. You know the prayers that you want answered. You know the healings that you desperately need. I hope when Jesus is on the scene, you don't just stay sitting down. I pray that you have enough faith to rise up and meet him where he's at. It says, then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had just been there, my brother would not have died. See her feelings rising up. But then she counters that thought and she says, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise from the dead. Come on, say amen, church. Your brother will rise from the dead. And Martha replied, I know. She almost cuts Jesus off. I know that he will rise from the dead in the resurrection on the last day. Right? When I, when I get to heaven, I'll, I'll see them again. Right, Jesus? That's when I'll see my brother. It's already too late for my brother over here, but I'll, I'll see him again. Thinking you know all the answers. Thinking you know all the verses. Thinking you know the plan of God. Oh, oh God, I'll finally get my healing, right? My back will finally be healed. My knee will finally be healed when I get to heaven, right? I remember thinking in the middle of my addiction, man, I'll never get over this. I, I, I must get my breakthrough in heaven possibly because I don't see myself getting delivered here on earth. I love how Jesus, he cuts her off again. And he says, hold on, actually, I am the resurrection. You've been waiting for the day of resurrection, but I am the resurrection. And I am the life. And I am here now. Jesus is here now. You don't got to wait anymore because the resurrection is in the room. He continues on. Whoever believes, adheres to, trusts, and relies on me as Savior will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me as Savior will never die. You ask her a great question. Great question to ask yourself in the middle of waiting. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this word still? Do you believe that prophetic word still? Do you believe it, church? Do you believe your, your, your marriage will one day be healed? That your kids will come back? I know it's been years since you've seen them. I know it's been years since they fully came back to the church. But do you believe the word of God that the prodigal sons will return? That revival will come to pass? See, in our timing, when we start to take control, things tend to fall apart. 
But when God starts to take control of the timing, things will start to fall in the right place. You don't even have to work for it. You don't even have to do anything. Just give it to him and trust his timing and everything will fall into the right place. Into the right place. You know, not allowing your feelings to lead you, this is a true test of your season of waiting. Not allowing the spirit of religion to lead you, that is a true test. Is can you still be devoted to him? Will you still follow Jesus even though he hasn't arrived yet? Will you still believe in him even though he hasn't answered your prayers? That has to be something that you wrestle with. And I want to I be real. I mean, I understand your pain. I know your hurts are valid. They're justified. And it's okay to stay in that pain for a little bit. But you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. Amen? See, the world teaches us that, man, it, it, let your pain and your hurts, let that form your truth. Let, let that, let that uh, uh, lead your future. But in the Bible, it says, no, there's a place that you can put your pain. It's the cross. There's a place where you can hang your anxieties. It's the cross. It's Jesus. And so in a season of waiting, we can forget that. Let's be honest. That Jesus is waiting with us, that there's a place that we can place our anxiety. But you need to understand, no, I need to hold on to these truths, that Jesus is on his way to me. So don't stay in your pain, but learn to position yourself. Learn to position yourself. I want you to write down the third point. Position yourself to receive. Position yourself to receive always. Always. What are you talking about, Davy? always? I mean, I've been waiting for 20 years. Well, you don't know the day of salvation that's going to come to you. So why not always stay prepared and ready for Jesus to come and answer your prayers? I want to give you three things. Three things to do in the middle of waiting. Number one is align your heart through prayer. Align your heart through prayer. The reason why I say this is... You know, we can go back to the quote in the beginning. She said, you, you, need, you need to learn how to lift up your heart to God. And likewise, when you do this, this should be your first resort. When that feeling comes back again of resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness, you need to pray. When, when that thoughts of doubt comes that, hey, these prophetic words aren't real, that this word is not applicable to me, you need to pray and align your heart again. Number two is abide in his word. Abide meaning that it's not a chore for you, but you're hungry for his word. You're needing his word. You're wanting his word. You're allowing yourself to be cast under the shadow of his word. You're abiding in his word. You need to do this because it will feed your soul. When you're in a season of waiting and hurt, your soul gets to be a little tapped out. And you need to feed it. You need to feed it. And what's also great about abiding in his word is that you will never forget his promises. You will never forget his sayings. You will never forget his truths. You will never forget who he really is, the character of God, when you read and abide in his word. And lastly, you need to surrender your thoughts and worship and at the altar. Whether it's here in church or at your home, you need to learn how to surrender your feelings and surrender your thoughts. How do you do that? You only do this through worship. I love that worship always calls down the presence of God. And when God's presence is here, there's always peace. 
There's always a calmness. And there's also the wisdom that is given. So you need to understand how to clear your mind and emotions is with this right here. Why do I say this? Because everything you desire, every want that you have, the, the, the thing that you've been waiting for is all on the other side of surrendering to God. I'll say that again. Everything that you've been wanting is on the other side of surrendering to God. Amen? Come on, stay with me now. In John chapter 11, verse 39, I'm going to skip down to verse 39. Jesus arrives, not just on the scene anymore, but he arrives right in front of the grave of his dear friend Lazarus. This is where we pick up. It says, Jesus said, take away the stone. Tell your neighbor, take away the stone. Take away that stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time, there will be an offensive odor, for he has been dead for four days. It is hopeless. You ever had those thoughts? Maybe you've been surrounded by those people that's been telling you that it's hopeless. That, hey, your dream has been dead. Your business has been dead. Your marriage has been dead. Go ahead and give up. It's hopeless. Your kids have been gone. It's hopeless. It's okay to give up. Watch what Jesus says here. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God, the expression of his excellence? And so they took away the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes towards heaven. Jesus is teaching us what our position should be during this time. You have to first roll away that stone. Maybe the stone for you is your sin that's separating you from God. Or maybe it's the guilt and the shame of you being embarrassed that you've been waiting for so long. You've been waiting for so long for your husband. You've been waiting for so long for your first kid. And you've been shameful of that. Maybe it's time to roll away that stone. Roll away that stone. And Jesus said that he turned his eyes towards heaven. Pay attention to how Jesus prays. Because this is how you should pray in the middle of waiting. He says, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. The Lord has heard you. One of my favorite scriptures says, the one who has formed the eye can see. The one who has formed the ear can hear. Jesus says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me and listen to me. But I have said this because of the people standing around. Sometimes you need to pray because other people's salvation in your family is on the line. Because of your testimony, it's on the line. So start praying that your day of salvation will come. That your Lazarus will one day come out of that tomb. Because best believe you're not going to be the only one that noticed. Best believe you're not going to be the only one that notices that you finally have a baby. Best believe that they're not, you're not going to be the only one that noticed that your kids are finally back in church. You don't think when that baby finally comes, your siblings that aren't saved are going to start believing? That your parents that are not saved are going to start believing because they see the miracles in your life. And they see your faithfulness. They see your faithfulness. They see you've been sick. They saw that you couldn't walk. But now you're walking again. They see the faithfulness that you have in God. And you've been waiting for this for 10 years. If you waited and had this much faith, I could have a little faith to have my own relationship with him. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
This is for everyone else. Jesus continues on praying. So that they may believe that you have sent me and that you have made me your representative. And when he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. And out came the man who had been dead. Amen. I thank God because that was me. I was dead. And he called me. And I came out of my grave. I came out of my addiction. I came out of my disbelief because Jesus called me. I, I don't know if today you, you never heard Jesus call you, but I'm praying that you hear his voice saying, Lazarus, come out of that grave. Come out of that grave. Now came this man that was dead, his hands and his feet tightly wrapped in burial clothes, linen strips, and with a burial cloth wrapped around his face. And Jesus said to him, unwrap him and release him. I want to say that again. Unwrap him and release him. Your prayers will be unwrapped and released. Your healings will be unwrapped and released. Your salvation will be unwrapped and released. Your breakthrough, come on church, will be unwrapped and released today. And you just got to believe it. You got to believe it. Like Jesus asked her, do you believe this? That it can be unwrapped, that it could be revealed. And so they unwrapped him. And the many Jews who had come to be with Mary and who were eyewitnesses to what Jesus had done believed in him. Believed in him. Just like they're gonna believe after they hear your testimony. I wanna call the worship team up. Your story. It starts with you being desperate. It starts with you being desperate. Don't be like Mary who just stayed in her seat when Jesus showed up on the scene. You know, it says that Jesus had to call her. Jesus had to call her. And when he finally called her, she showed up. And all these huge crowd that was mourning with her showed up as well. And it says when Jesus saw her and this crowd of people crying, his heart was moved. This is where we get the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. It's, it's so deep because why would the God of the universe, he knows all the answers, why, why would he weep for me? Why would he weep for my situation? This is showing you the character of God. Maybe you forgot in the season of waiting who God really is. That he's a father that cares for you. He's a father that's there with you. He's a father that weeps with you when you weep. And know that today that he's here at the altar. You have two choices. Now I'll stay seated and I'll be okay with my status quo. Or, man, I got to get to Jesus. I got to release this to him. Because who knows, if I roll away this stone, he might call my Lazarus out of the grave. Check this verse out in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, for he says, at the acceptable time, the time of grace, I listened to you. And I helped you on the day of salvation. You know, maybe you think, man, this is a past tense. Healings and miracles, that was a past tense. But check out what the verse says at the end. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
It's not for next year, it's for this year. It's not for next season, it's for this season. It's not for tomorrow, no, it's actually for today. It's today that you're gonna get your breakthrough. It's today that you're gonna get your miracle. Will you believe again? Will you trust Jesus again? Trust the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content from Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. And remember, the best is yet to come.